Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you. Wonderful to be in your company again on this beautiful, warm Wednesday afternoon here in Joburg. And we are rapidly coming towards the end of the month of ER, which means that over this coming weekend, we not only celebrate Shabbat Mavarachim, the month, the Shabbos that blesses a new month, but we also have on Sunday, we have Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of a brand new month. And this brand new month is the brand new month of Sivan. Now, as we have described to you before, the names of the months primarily came from Babylonian times. In the Babylonian times, the names were given to the months, and Sivan is therefore a Babylonian name for this month. In Torah itself, the Torah refers to this month as the third month. And it's in this month, in the third month, that the Torah was given to us at Mount Sinai. We received the Torah on Mount Sinai in the month of Sivan, in the third month. And therefore, that is the festival of Shavuot, of Shavuot, the festival that we're going to be celebrating in roughly 10 days from now, the special Chag, the special festival of Shavuot, which is the commemoration of many things, but not the least of which is, it is Zman Matan Torateinu, the time of the giving of our Torah, and that is what it celebrates. Now, if we think about the fact that there was this two and a bit month kind of period that the Jewish people went through. Getting out of Egypt, as they did in the month of Nisan, which was known as the first month, and we were told then, this had to be the first of the months. This had to be the month that was the very first on your calendar. It got the Jewish people into a different mode of thinking, in a different, into a different realm and a different atmosphere having come from slavery and the deep and dark recesses of what slavery meant to the Jewish people in a physical sense, as well as, of course, in a spiritual sense, the restraint, the restrictions, the difficulties that they experienced in Egypt were now released. They were redeemed and they got out and we got out of Egypt in the middle of the month with a grand, grand walking out of Egypt with the Pesach offering and all that it represented. We then had kind of a month of, let's call it a readjustment, a recuperation, getting our people, our people's heads around their new space, getting us into an atmosphere that was different from what we had experienced when we were in Egypt. Here in the desert, we had the opportunity to experience and to taste a type of freedom but not a complete freedom yet. We hadn't yet reached the goal. We hadn't yet reached any of the targets. We hadn't yet gotten to Mount Sinai. We didn't quite know what was really wanted from us as a Jewish people. We were this people who needed now to be molded into the type of people who were ready to receive the Torah, who were ready to accept it. And then, hopefully very soon, albeit that we spent the next 39-odd years wandering around in the desert because of a variety of different things that kind of went wrong in the plan. But the ultimate goal was to arrive in Israel, to be able to settle in a land of our own, to be able to bring the Torah into the world in a 
fulfilled and fundamental and obviously very basic but yet very um, important way to uplift the entire world through the Torah that was given for us all to ingest and to inject into the world and to change the world entirely through this Torah. This happened and came about in the third month. And so the third month, the month of Sivan, was essential in bringing us our mandate, in giving us our spiritual constitution, in giving us our way to realize what it was that we had gotten out of Egypt for in the first place. And therefore the structure of month one, Nisan, month two, Iyar, month three, Sivan, or month number one, month number two, and then month number three, was is an essential foundational set of principles that were going to go on to become so important throughout the history of the Jewish people right up until today. Now, if we just think, to begin with today, of the kind of headspace that we need to be in as we now are turning to face the advent of a brand new month, this month of Sivan, the month in which the Torah was given to us and is continually given to us on a regular basis, we actually have something fascinating. And that is that if we look back to two months ago, the beginning of the month of Nisan, believe it or not, it was on the end of the day of Rosh Chodesh Nisan that the lockdown in South Africa actually began. We began with this phase of lockdown at the beginning of the month of Nisan. And yes, then we had to celebrate Pesach in a different way, but of course a very meaningful way. It was unusual and different. And uh, of course at the time people were saying, why is this Pesach different from every other Pesach? But it was spiritual, it was uplifting, it was meaningful. And it got us then into the phase that followed Pesach with the month of Iyar. The second month that we were in lockdown, and even though some of the restrictions along the way were lifted, still there was this atmosphere of being not quite there yet. And now we're facing the third month, and it's in the month of Sivan, which should stand as a symbol of great hope, but perhaps at the same time an obligation to take all the lessons that we've learned because the Jewish people in the desert all those years ago were learning lessons of powerful and of a huge importance, not only for themselves in the time that they were going to be spending in the desert and then when they got to Israel, but things that were of eternal value. And we have to, perhaps, as we look to our Torah and the giving of the Torah once again in a week and a half's time on Shavuot, when we need to look at the importance of that in our lives, it's got to also come with the learning of lessons. What are the lessons that we have understood, that we have looked at, that we've thought about, that we have learned during the last two months? It's been two months that have been two of the most unique months, I think, in your life and in my life, in the life of anybody who is privileged to be around today and see and understand and ingest and take in everything that is happening. It's unique. It's um, mind-changing. It is 
absolutely um, incredible to be living at such a time and to be seeing the kinds of things that we are seeing and hopefully learning from in order to make this part of our Torah experience in the month that lies ahead, in the month of Matan Torah Tenu, but how much more so to take the messages of Torah and ensure that they are learnt, that they are spread, and that they are lived by in an even greater fashion in the time that lies up ahead. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and welcome back. Yes, uh, we're talking about uh, Judaism 101.9 of the things that you need to know, that you maybe thought you knew but weren't quite sure, or anything just to fill in a couple of gaps in our Jewish knowledge and particularly pertaining to the things that are coming up in the Jewish calendar. Now, if we think about it on this coming Shabbat, which, as we said, is Shabbat Mevarchim, it is the Shabbos on which we bless the new month of Sivan, we have the power here to bring blessing to that month as well. And this is actually what we do on this coming Shabbat. And even though we're doing this in private, we still say the blessing on the month and on the Rosh Chodesh, pronouncing that Rosh Chodesh Sivan is going to be on Sunday. I need to point out that there were some calendars that we put out this year which had Rosh Chodesh actually for two days. Rosh Chodesh Sivan is never two days. It is not ever two days. There are only uh, 20, there are only uh, 29 days in the month of ER and therefore it is always only. one day of Rosh Chodesh, which is the first day of the month, and that is actually on Sunday, and not, as some calendars had it, that it's on Shabbat. That was a mistake. So please uh, ignore that if that is on the calendar that you're using. Rosh Chodesh is actually on Sunday. So you're going to be blessing that month, and at the same time, thinking about or reading through the parsha of Bamidbar. We began a brand new book, and surely that in itself talks about the idea of, number one, the importance of each individual Jew, because the book of Bamidbar is always known, also known as the book of Numbers. When God took us into the desert, if we think about Bamidbar, which means in the desert, it is paraphrased, or another name for the book, is the book of Numbers. And the Numbers was actually because at all times in the desert, before and after difficulties, before and after great and wonderful events, Hashem found fit to number us. And the old question of surely God knew our number. He knew how many Jews there were. God surely had the opportunity to scan, um, to think about uh, God having to count every individual, every person. God surely could have told you how many there were without us having to do that count. It was certainly the idea of valuing, of making each individual important, that everybody counted, that everybody was significant, that the numbers were important. And therefore, the book of Numbers not only is a brand new beginning, but it's also of paramount importance to understand the individual importance of each and every one of us, how everyone counts in God's world, how everyone has a role to play, how every individual is here because 
We have something to offer, something to give, something to do. No life is futile, God forbid. No life was not created without a purpose, without a meaning. And we need to understand that. And this is the message, the hidden message, the underlying message of the beginning of the book of Bamidbar, which comes upon us on this Shabbat, on this Shabbos. And it is spelled out for us right before the giving of the Torah or the receiving of the Torah, which is what Shavuot is actually all about. But the time that we spent in the desert wasn't only a time for us to understand that there was a Torah for us to do and to give and to follow, but each and every event and everything that happened in the desert had a message, a significance, and an importance which was kind of ingrained in the seed of the Jewish people to show much later in the branches, the tree, and the fruit that would become our Jewish people um, of which we are so proud, right up until today, and certainly beyond. Now, in the year, therefore, when we, when the Torah was given, we're told that Rosh Chodesh actually fell like it does this year on a Sunday. Now, that was um, thousands of years ago, over three thousand years ago, when the Torah was given at Mount Sinai. It was. A Sunday, and this is certainly according to the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, which is the accepted view that that was a Sunday. Therefore, the Torah, which was actually given, we're told, on the 7th of Sivan, even though Hashem had actually wanted or seemingly designated it to be on the 6th, it was postponed um, till the 7th, actually was given on a Shabbat. Now, on the Sunday, the 1st of Sivan, what actually happened in, in our history, going back to the time in the desert. This was the time that the people reached the wilderness of Sinai. They came to the place called Sinai from their encampment at Rephidim, and they set up camp already on Rosh Chodesh. So this coming Sunday, if you were to go back those thousands of years ago, we would be reliving the setting up of the camp of the Jewish people facing the mountain called Mount, or became known as Mount Sinai. And on that day, the divine word did not come to them because they were weak from their travels. But on the second day of the month, so that would be next week, Monday, Moshe gave them, as he was divinely instructed, an introduction to the Torah. He told them what it would actually be all about so that they would get used to the idea of having to accept the Torah as being binding upon them. And these remarks this that he told them was uh, much more than just the obligation to fulfill the mitzvahs. So there was a preparatory um, instruction that Moshe Rabbeinu, that Moses shared with the Jewish people on the second of Sivan. On the third day, Hashem commanded them to restrict themselves. This was known as then the beginning of what is known today as well as the Shloshet Yemei Hagbalah, the days of restriction. What he actually did was he kind of uh, drew lines. There were lines around the mountain telling them, you can come up, come up to this point, but you cannot approach any closer. I don't know if you've thought about this, but reliving it today where you go to a doctor's office or elsewhere and there are lines perhaps with red tape on the ground that restrict 
the uh, place that we're allowed to walk and that we're allowed to go so we're not too close to each other. There were these these restrictions around Har Sinai, around Mount Sinai, given to us on the third day. And anyone who came then into contact with the mountain actually was put to death. It was not a joke. This was preparing both Har Sinai and Mount Sinai as well as the Jewish people for this awesome moment that was going to happen with the giving of the Torah. It was on the fourth day that Moshe told the Jewish people of the mitzvah to sanctify themselves. So we had for the first time this concept of self-purification, of self-sanctification, as well as the abstinence from marital relations. Hashem told them, you shall sanctify this day and tomorrow, for on the third day Hashem will descend before before the eyes of the Jewish people. This all happened then while we were standing or while we were camping around Mount Sinai in those awesome days leading up to uh, the giving of the Torah. According to this, therefore, the Torah should have been given on the Friday, the 6th of 7. But Moshe, Moses, added another day of sanctification and abstinence on his own, telling the people, be ready for three days. In other words, there were to be three days of preparation, and on the fourth day after these three days of preparation, Hashem would descend. And Hashem agreed to Moshe's addition, we're told, of this extra day of uh, purification. Hashem agreed, and the Shekhinah, God's presence, did not rest on the mountain until Shabbos, which was actually the seventh of seven of the three days of abstinence and one day of preparation had passed. Now, it's interesting, therefore, to note that um, Hashem here is not only um, adhering to the words of the tzaddik, to the words of uh, Moshe, but understanding and teaching us that there is a an important role that we as people play and needed to play in the whole receiving of the Torah, in the acceptance of the Torah, in the performance of Torah. This is not only a one-way street. This is not only something that is placed upon us and enforced from above, but this is something that needs our acceptance, our participation, and our understanding that it's only through our participation, through our purity, through our purifying ourselves, through us understanding that the Torah has to impact on our lives and does that every moment of our lives. It is only through all of that that we actually can come close to an understanding of what it means to re-receive the Torah once again, as we're going to be doing come Shavuot, the festival of Shavuos, which will be next week. In other words, a week from this Friday, Thursday night, Friday, and Shabbos is and are the days of this awesome Chag, this awesome festival of Shavuot, of Shavuot. So we have the Sfirah period, the period of the counting of the Omer for 49 days, and we're already on day 41. We're getting ever closer to the culmination of the counting of the Sfirah. It's all about us applying ourselves not just counting the days, but making the days count. Not just purifying ourselves, but purifying our time. And we have had the most incredible opportunity, if we think about it, over the last couple of months to spend meaningful time doing things in a different way, but doing the things 
that we need to do, doing the things that we've always wanted to do from a spiritual point of view and getting ourselves closer and more prepared and more ready for Matan Torah Tenu, for the giving of the Torah, the receiving of the Torah, than we have ever had before. Now, the global COVID-19 pandemic caught the entire world by surprise and forced most people to be confined to their residences. The unforeseen consequences for public health is that rats have taken over urban neighborhoods. Oh, this is uh, <coughs> not so pleasant to think about. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So how are you going to receive the Torah once again on Shavuot? How are you going to listen to the Ten Commandments and perhaps being that we're going to be unable to do this in the way that we are used to, perhaps we need to suggest some important ideas of how we should do this in this year, in the time and the place, the space that we're in at the moment, where we will be at home, where on Shavuot morning we will not be privileged to hear the Torah read in a public way. We won't have the crowds of men, women, and children gathered around to hear the Torah as we should do in ordinary circumstances. In these circumstances, we're not allowed to. We cannot do it, and it's not because anybody's being nasty to us Jews, but rather because of our concern for each other, for our communities out there, for our broader South African community and the world beyond, and therefore as an act of um, not only humility, but as an act of compliance and understanding that we have an obligation to our fellow men here, this is something that we dare not do, we cannot do um, in these circumstances. So what can we do instead? Well, a suggestion. Perhaps before the Chag, before Yom Tov, you will print out the Ten Commandments if you don't have them in your Chumash, and perhaps spend some time together with your family, not only reading them, but thinking about what each one of those commandments actually can and does mean to you. You know, the Ten Commandments were not just ten mitzvot in uh, isolation. In fact, each one of those commandments is kind of a chapter heading of all the laws that um, fall under them, all the derivative laws in and around what those broad headlines actually mean. And in fact, the Ten Commandments was a very, very cryptic, complete Torah that was given to us in a completely different form. And so perhaps to spend some time thinking about how many mitzvot and how many parts of Torah and learning and understanding you can work out that derive from each one of those Ten Commandments. And perhaps then also to think about how within the Ten Commandments are some very, very fascinating ones that we often think about and don't really acknowledge as being empirical, essential, and chapter headings in our lives. If we think about, for instance, honor your father and your mother. Think about how Hashem saw that as being so important that he not only placed it in the Ten Commandments, but it's kind of on the side of the Ten Commandments that has to do with the laws between man and God rather than the laws between man and man. Perhaps think about what it means to steal. Yes, you and I, hopefully, are not ganovim. We're not thieves. We don't break into stores at night, God forbid, and do all sorts of sinister stuff. But have we ever stolen somebody's idea? Have we ever thought about the what we owe to somebody else who's given us 
an idea, a thought, a um, something that we put into practice? Are we guilty of some sort of theft when we quote something without saying where it came from? And so on and so forth. And then you could think about Shabbat. Think about the fact that Shabbat is one of the Ten Commandments. It's regarded for the Jewish people as being so essential to our uh, being, to our understanding, to our role, to our goals, to our wherewithal, that it is one of the Ten Commandments. And of course then, things like not committing adultery, and of course not bearing false witness, not making up stories about other people, and every other application from these Ten Commandments. So spend some time over Shavuot, Discussing and thinking about together with your families the Aseret Hadibrut, the Ten Commandments. Think about how they impact on your life and how they should and how many rules and regulations that we know of come from them and how important they actually are for us to continue to thrive and to be the kind of people that we need to be. Do that at home. Do it in private, but do it all the same because this is the way that we will connect with it over this coming a hug this coming time of the festival of Shavuot. But we'll be back next week, please God, same time, same place, to talk to you a little bit more about the upcoming hug. In the meantime, allow me to wish you a great Shabbat up ahead, a great Chodesh, Chodesh Tov, for the coming month of Sivan, as we mentioned before. Enjoy the rest of the week, and I look forward to being back with you same time, same place, next week on Judaism 101.9.